Well, good morning, everyone, and good morning to everybody in our online chapel this morning. We'll call it that. It sounds fancy when we call it our online chapel, doesn't it? And good morning to you all today. Uh, whether you are on Facebook or YouTube or at ccmonline.org, uh, we greet you this morning. Uh, you are uh, as much a part of this service as the folks in these four walls, and so we're grateful that you're here with us. Uh, to worship and learn and hear a great message and receive communion together later on today. So make sure that you uh, get yourself some elements that will work for you at home, whether it's bread, whether it's crackers and some juice. And uh, we'll, we'll celebrate communion together uh, as an entire uh, church congregation at home and here in this room. So we say welcome to you. It's great things are happening today, uh, and we hope that you'll look online at uh, things for Next Steps News and also what will be announced later on because there's great things going on for you at home and the folks in this room today as well. So we say welcome. <laughs> All right, so um, our call to worship this morning is from Ephesians 3.14, um, and you can read with me. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within me. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen, amen. Oh God, we gather together this Sunday morning to learn, sing, pray, and celebrate in unity. Help us learn to love each other and live with one another in ways that show your example to the world. Let us live, Jesus, words to love each other as I loved you. Let's sing, say this together. Let, Let us live, Jesus, Jesus words to love each other as you have loved us. We pray for those facing difficult, dangerous, and frightening things in our world. God, protect our friends in Haiti those who have weather storms in Florida and Asia, and those facing conflict in Ukraine and other places on the earth. Let your love be made known in all areas where people need you. Healing one, we pray that you bring health and blessing to people that need healing in their bodies and minds. Today we lift up the names of people that we know that needs your miraculous healing. You can say those names quietly in your mind or out loud if you want. We also pray for those who are your hands of healing. Bless the doctors, nurses, medical staff, teachers, and emergency workers especially. 
can all say. Let us, Let us live, live Jesus', Jesus words to love each other as you have loved us. Loving one, teach us to be people who bring reconciliation and love, restore friendships and heal relationships. Show us how to be more like you. Live out the ways of peace and teach of our saving grace. Let us live Jesus' words to love each other as you have loved us. Let's take a few moments of silence to think of things of the past week that we have made us feel sunny inside and that makes us feel cloudy forgive us for how we've broken our connection with your hands and others we give you all these things and choose to receive your love forgiveness and healing now we can all say let, let us live, live jesus words to, to love each other as you have loved us Let's pray together the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Few places did we recognize and maybe pay attention to the love of Jesus for us then when Jesus broke bread with his disciples and told us to remember to do it in the future. And it was in that moment when Jesus, uh, at the Last Supper, communicated to his friends how much he loved them and then would shortly beyond that go to the cross and continuously prove his love for humanity over and over and over again. So today, as we uh, break bread together, not only in this room, but online, let's just remember, let's take a moment to remember and consider what we just prayed. Just consider the love that God has for each one of us and for all of those people that we just prayed for and beyond that, right? So let's just take a moment to think about and consider what Jesus did at the cross for each one of us. Jesus took the bread and gave thanks and said, take this, all of you, and eat. This is my body given for you. And every time you eat, together we say Jesus, Jesus we, we remember, remember you. you go ahead and take the bread 
the same way Jesus took the cup with his friends and shares the cup with all of us in this moment and lifted it up and said, every time that you drink of this cup, remember what I've done for you, that. Again, Jesus went to a cross and resurrected from the dead for us so that not only our sins can be forgiven, but that we can live into the full lives that God has for each one of us. And Jesus said, take this all of you and drink. This is the cup of the new covenant, the shedding of my own blood for the forgiveness of sins for you and for all. And as we drink, we say, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. Go ahead and take the cup. One of the beautiful things about the table is that we know we're all welcome and we all belong. And anytime you would ever come into a church service, just remember that that's the first prayer you prayed walking in the door, showing up, and the showing up to say that we know Christ is the head, and we are the body, and oh, how we need each other, and the hand should never say to the foot, be gone, I have no need of you, right, but this beautiful gift of each other is beyond what we can understand on this earth, and so today, would you just feel it for a minute, how good it is to belong, to know that God welcomes you? That whatever table Jesus has ever sat at, whether it was a tax collector's party or at the Last Supper or the first miracle at the wedding of Cana, Jesus said, you're welcome here. And so just for a moment, feel the gift of being welcomed. You can still taste the wine and bread in your mouth. Give thanks that this was something God wanted us to share today, that each of us today has taken of the same elements because we belong to God. welcomed you today, um, but I want to specifically welcome anybody that's here today for the very first time. So if you're here today and we haven't had the chance to connect with you, to meet you, we would love to do that um, at the Next Steps kiosk over here by the um, entrance of the auditorium. There is a, uh, a kiosk that you can come to. We have a free gift for you. If you're watching us online, you can scan this QR code. You can actually scan the QR code if you're in the room as well. Um, but it's just a way for us to connect with you, to uh, pray for you, to encourage you in any way that you might have need of this morning. Also, want to let you know that um, coming up on the 29th of October, that we have a workshop planned for you. 
and it's a, it's a time to learn, to rest, and to grow, and Claire will be sharing with us from her expertise as an Enneagram um, author, trainer, teacher. Um, we This is a time where you can come for three hours on a Saturday and just learn about yourself, the way that yourself, your made in God's image self is designed to serve the world and serve the relationships that you're in, and then also some of the ways that maybe you get in the way of those relationships and your relationship with God. So it's just a way for us to get to know ourselves, and when we really get to know ourselves, we can really get to know um, ourselves in our relationship with God, which is really awesome, and you don't want to miss that. There's still time to sign up. I can get you signed up over at Next Steps if you're interested, or you can sign up online. Um, go to our website, ccmonline.org, and sign up there. Also, and Kathleen, yes, that's yes. for men and women, right? As, that is, As yes. lovely as that slide looks, that's for everybody, right? Yes, All that right. is for everybody. That is for everybody. You definitely, and there are men already signed up. So I know that some of the men in our shape class signed up right in class, right, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, so there are, there are uh, for men and for women, high school age, we would love to have you. Also, if um, one last opportunity here, we need some CR Kids volunteers. And so if you have a passion for working with kids, we would really like to help you get engaged with our children's ministry. And maybe you're not quite so sure and you want to maybe just get your feet wet a little bit. Um, we, Stacy has kids camp coming up. And so it's a, um, a limited time of volunteers that she needs. And so maybe if you've been wondering if you are a good fit for working with kids, this would be a really great way to jump in and say, I can serve for those four weeks or six weeks. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but just know that it's not a life sentence. So you can try. Go in and try. If you want to work with kids and you say, you know, this really isn't for me, I'm going to try something else, that's great too. We welcome that. But if you're interested in maybe giving it a try, come on over to Next Steps and we can see about getting you signed up for um, for Children's Church, okay? And I think that is all. Did you want me to pray for the offering, John? Offering and our awesome kids are going to go upstairs okay. as well. Okay, so let's pray for the offering. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise that we can meet in this place together today, that you have um, brought us together and that you have loved us oh so much, God, that you have showered us with your love. And so as we um, receive and give in the offering, God, we just pray that we would give out of the abundance of our heart of how you have given to us and whatever that means for every person is going to be different. But we know that, Lord, we just want to give back to you some of what you have given to us and that we would be your hands and your feet in this region, in this world, and that the um, offering that is received today would just further your work in Jesus' name. And before we get uh, into Teshna's talk, uh, I had some time in the last couple weeks to sit down uh, with a couple people that look like uh, everybody. And as we journey with everybody, we realize that we can't know what everybody is until we meet with some people that look like different people that we grew up with in our house. And so two of those people that learned a little bit about everybody, everyone, was Matt Lynn and Jim Seeley. When they were in their early, in the early 90s, mid-90s, they were a part of the uh, Albion College National Football Championship team, which is pretty awesome. Okay, it's 30 years ago, but we can cheer for it anyway. Um, 
But the amazing thing was, all of a sudden, here are these, these two young men from, from different places. Jim grew up in Marshall. Uh, Matt grew up in Allegan. And all of a sudden, they were meeting one another on a football field and then also were put together in a dorm room. And they began to learn from one another. And it became a lifelong friendship and a lifelong learning and growing and finding out what are the places of their lives uh, that can, can need some changing and growing and what are some places that just need some love. And so you're going to see uh, online, we're going to post a lot more of these clips because there's so much awesome stuff. And some of the stuff I had to clip just that we can't use. But most of it is really good. And this is one of those clips, learning to journey with everybody. And so here are Matt and Jim. And I, I think a lot of our conversations and our growth that we had while we were in college started with something happening somewhere else on campus, whether we were a witness to it or part of it or whether it was something that we heard about it happened. And one of us come back to the room and shut the door and the conversation will start, this fool, and be like, what, what happened? And then, so then we would, we would have this lengthy conversation about what somebody had said or done and what the other side was looking at. And it, it just became uh, a commonplace for us to have these conversations and talk with each other and think about different perspectives and throw things out. And, and as much as Matt says, you know, he's appreciative to me about my curiosity and what I want to learn, I can say the same for him, that he was able to talk things out with me. And there was a lot of times I think where Matt would ask me something to gain for the sake of gaining a different perspective. How do you see it? And he would accept the fact that I might have seen it a little bit differently. And we both accepted the fact that we do see things differently. Mm -hmm. For me, the biggest thing was to have that multi-background experience. It, that's probably the biggest education that I got throughout college, aside from any class that I took, was the, the ability to interact with and get along with and uh, function with people of different races, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different religions, all kinds of, because there was an experience with all kinds of different people that I hadn't experienced in the past you go at it with an open mind and an open heart um, and you're willing to challenge beliefs and you're willing to challenge what you think you know about the world and, and use the opportunity to just take from others and allow that to become part of who you want to be. Um, it opened up just the, I think the world of being able to embrace things um, to the point where you could take two yokels like us who really honestly, by all intents and purposes, is kind of like, what the heck are y'all doing? Yeah. You know, and form something that is beyond friendship. Good morning. Good morning. All right, wasn't worship just wonderful? Yeah. All right, so today we are going to talk about our core value of journey with everyone. And so we're going to look at it from four different ways. Um, one being belonging, one in Christ Jesus, the call of the church, and the one. So, belonging. When you think about belonging, belonging is the human emotional need to be an accepted member of a group. Whether it's family, friends, friends 
coworkers, a religion, or something else, we tend to have a desire to belong and be an important part of something greater than ourselves. Um, Claire led us earlier during communion and just to think about those times where you feel like you belong. You know, just being in a room full of people that you can connect with, that you feel like you belong. So I have a little story here. Um, one of the things I put together at my um, hospital was something called the Voice of the Community. And so this group is a group of people from our black community because um, we're looking at things from a um, health inequity perspective. And so when I walk into that room, it's something that just, you know, sparks me up because I'm walking into a room where I know that these people got my back. We are all um, headed towards one solid goal. Um, and so it's just, it's just a good feeling, just a good feeling all inside because I can connect with them. So there is something about walking into a place like that. And that's how our church should be, where you just feel like you can just walk into a place or walk into the church where you feel like you belong, no matter what. So there, I want you to take a, take a moment and just think about when have you felt like you were welcome? Just think of an instance of when you felt like you were welcome. How do you feel when you think about you, how you felt welcome? Isn't it a good thing, a good feeling? Yeah. So let's go the opposite. So when did you feel like you didn't belong? What does that feel like? Not so easy, does it? Not so easy. So I want you to pay attention to those emotions think about that. How do you feel? I'm sure we all have similar ways we feel when we talk about those two questions. So a sense of belonging is crucial to our life satisfaction, happiness, mental and physical health, and even longevity. It gives us a sense of purpose and meaning. So there are three things related to the culture of belonging that I'm gonna talk about briefly. One being comfort, the other connection and contribution. So in a culture of belonging, the environment supports these three elements. All right, so for comfort, people should feel comfortable at church, including being treated fairly and respected by the members of the church. Connection, people should feel connected to the people in the church and the ministries they are a part of. Contribution, people should feel like they contribute to meaningful outcomes, understanding how their unique gifts and strengths are helping our church achieve what God has called us to do. Everybody has a contribution. Everybody. No matter who you are, everybody has a contribution. So what do we want? We want everybody to feel that way when they walk into our church, don't we? All right. Yes, we do. We want them to feel welcome, and we want them to feel like they belong. So what do you need to do personally? Think about yourself. 
personally, to have an environment where people feel comfortable, connected, and able to contribute. So think about our church. What do you need to do personally to help with that environment? So Galatians 3.28 reminds us that we are all one in Christ. So read this with me. Galatians 3.28. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ. All. Everyone. Everyone. Not just one person, not just one race, not just one whatever. We're all one in Christ. The community is a diverse group of people. We come from every nation, tribe, and people group. We speak different languages, possess a variety of skin tones, and reflect unique cultures and social classes. As a body of Christ, we are all children of God. We are all one in Christ Jesus all amen so god made human beings he made us didn't he the entire human race not just one race he made us all in his image and likeness so i know claire talked a little bit about this earlier if we hate someone because of the color of his skin are we to hate a part of god's image because we're all one all one God's creative ways are embedded in our DNA. We express ourselves through art, music, literature, and science. We explore restaurants with a variety of menu options. And boy, we have a variety of menu options. We go to movies and indulge in various cultures through film. Yet, if we as human beings made in God's image, who love creative expression and variety so much, why do we seem to struggle so much with racial and cultural diversity? Think about that. Why do we struggle? While we may struggle with people who look, think, or speak differently from one another, it is something that God desires of us. He desires that. That is God's will here on earth as it is in heaven. And Revelations tells us that heaven, God's kingdom, will be populated by people of every nation, every tribe, every language, all worshiping God together. Amen. So, you know, we sing that song, Kingdom. The reason why I picked that song was that very end part where it says, if you want to know what heaven looks like, it looks like me and you, me and you. If we want to know what heaven sounds like, just let it fill the room. So as you're singing, we have different people in here, all kinds of, you know, different people uh, with different, you know, gifts and, you know, whatever. All of us, we're all singing together as one. I love that. You know, if you want to know what heaven, it looks like all of us. All right, so the next one is the call of the church. And this is like my favorite. Um, I think this oozes out of me, as Claire says, to love others. That's what the call of our church is, is to love others. 
So John 15 says, my command is this, and this is Jesus talking, love each other as I have loved you. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Can we say that together? My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Jesus loves us in an extraordinary, incredible way. It's up to you to take the love you receive from him and find ways to bring that love to those in our church and our community. Amen? All right. So God loves us no matter what. Even in our own mess, doesn't he? Even in our own situations or life's experiences that has caused us to treat others differently, he still loves us. Jesus loves us even though we have rules, man-made religion, biases, teachings, beliefs, and other things instilled in us that hurt people and push them away from the church. We do. Causing them not to want to come to church anymore. And if they do come to church, cause them not to feel welcome or that they belong. Jesus loves us, even though we allow social groups to dictate how we treat people. Ouch. Ouch. Jesus loves us when we get wrapped up in things that take away from the number one commandment, and that is to love each other as Jesus loves us. When we allow Jesus to meet us where we are and allow him to transform us by his love, we are forever changed. Through his Holy Spirit and deepening our relationship with him, our hearts are filled with his love and this love will pour out to others. Amen? All right. So we got a lot of Holy Spirit, not our own stuff. <laughs> Just be quite frank. Because <laughs> a lot of times we allow our own stuff to lead us. And we got to get back to loving others. We have to. I mean, this world is hurting we are hurting, and a lot of that hurt has come from the church. Just be quite frank. It has. So we have to get back to that, loving others. Jesus has given us so much, including the way to salvation, so that we have eternal life. We need to challenge ourselves to follow his commandment of loving each other and finding ways to extend that love to others. So the next part of this is being people-centered. And I, I think I may, I give myself credit. I came up with this term, people-centered. But, <laughs> but what it came from, we'll talk about that shortly. So Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Others. We're loving others. We're not looking at our own selves. We're looking at others. 
So how I came up with this people centered is I work for a hospital. And one of the things is that we are patient centered. So patient centered means that you put that patient at the center of everything. The decisions that you make, how we treat them, how we care for them, you listen to them, you hear them, and you take care of them. We have healthcare people in the room. Isn't that what, what we do? All right. So when you think of people center, what do you think that means? Putting people at the center of what we do. We have to put people at the center. Have to. So, people-centered care is a similar concept like what I said. It keeps the person at the center, putting your biases away, and putting the person first, understanding them individually. Individually as a person, not wrapping them up in a group of people. Individually. Empathizing with them on things that has happened to them, treating them as human beings, asking ourselves, what is the best thing for this person? They are made in the image of God, just like you. People-centered puts their need to have comfort, connection, and contribution at the center. Seeking to make their circumstances, cultural values, and socioeconomic status the motivation behind all decisions. Loving others, even if they are different from us, believe differently, worship differently, love differently. Love differently. So the challenge is, is can we commit to transforming in a way that focus on being people-centered by showing love just as Jesus loves us. He loves us. He loves us. So now we talked about journeying with everyone. We're going to bring it down a little bit further. With journeying with the one. Luke 15 Three, four says, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? So I know a lot of people think that the lost is that unbeliever. But it's more to it than that. The lost is that person that says that they are a Christian, but been pushed away from the church. The lost is that single mom out there trying to make it just to get by just every day. I look at my sister Tanika, I look at Lana, I look at, you know, that's only my own personal family. The struggles. The one is that person in your community. Could be your neighbor. It could be somebody down the street, somebody you work with. Those are all different people. Who are those lost people that need to be brought back into our church? Because we have what they need. They need Jesus, and we have that. We can give them Jesus. 
So my question is, why is the church struggling with welcoming everyone? Why is the church struggling? We tend to say we love everyone, but want to love them from a distance and not welcome them into the body of Christ, which is the church, us. If people are not welcome into the church, where are they going to go? If people are not welcome into the church, where are they going to go? We have what they need, and that is Jesus, the love of Jesus. I mentioned earlier, we have these rules, man-made religion, biases, teachings, beliefs instilled in us that hinder us from being people-centered, loving each other as Jesus loves us. We are focused on things of this world and losing sight of the commandment to love others just as Jesus loved us. We need to get back to loving people. It's all of this craziness going on in this world, but we got to keep people at the center. I mean, Jesus dwelt among everybody. Everybody. We all have missed the mark. Believe you me, I've missed it. I'm sure you missed it. I am no better than you, and you know better than me. People are hurting. And we have what they need, and that is Jesus. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide people through transformation, not us trying to change them. Allow the Holy Spirit and the love of God to transform people, not us. It's not for us to do. It's not. So, as we focus on loving others and being people-centered, think about who is your one. Who is the one that's in your life? And you might want to drop, jot that down. And I'm going to challenge you right now. Be really frank. I'm going to challenge you. So, I'm going to read something. And I want to pay, I want you to pay attention to if there's something that makes you feel uncomfortable, that kind of doesn't sit easy with you. And I want you to sit with that. And I want you to spend time with God on that and find out why is it making you feel uncomfortable and allow God to minister to your heart. Searching, if you are, well, sorry, if you are searching, saved, black, brown, white, gay, straight, sure, unsure, older, younger, peace-filled, pain-filled, able-bodied, or differently abled, no matter how many moms or dads or divorces or kids or chromosomes or failures or successes or questions you have, 
no matter your gender or status or where you are from, know that you are welcome here. You are welcome. Amen. God so loved everyone, everyone. And I don't want to cry, but God so loved everyone, everyone. So let's be the church that is willing to journey with everyone and journey with the one. So, um, Teshna and I have been having conversation about her talk for some time here, and uh, when she said, you know, I want to put up this, this uh, gift at the end to help us consider where are we having a hard time welcoming people? Who is the one we have a hard time welcoming? Who's the one that I'm not welcoming? Because you'll find one or more. You might say you've made a mental ascent to welcome people. But one of the things Teshna and I talked about, maybe we could play musical chairs and get everybody up, like, and then we'll walk, and then you sit down somewhere that you've never sat with that person before and see how we do. But are you glad we decided not to do that? But you know you can do it on your own at home. You can say, okay, who is the one in my neighborhood I haven't welcomed? You know, sometimes as pastors, Scott and I get people who say, why aren't you addressing um, X, Y, or Z from the platform? Why don't, you, why don't you say how you feel about this particular thing or that particular vote coming up in November? And we say, well, then we wouldn't be able to welcome the one who doesn't agree with us. So like today, I went up to one of my friends who I know has a different thought that matters to me. And I said, would you get together and talk to me about that particular proposal so I could understand why your thoughts are that way? Because curiosity and welcoming can actually help us get rid of our biases and our already made up minds to actually hear from someone else, right? So if you, want, if you want Crossroads to post on our Facebook page or make statements here that would eliminate some of you from the conversation, that's not helpful. We can't become one. If we do this, you're the bad ones and you're the good ones. But we could say, wow, maybe I should make some friends with people who think differently than me so I could understand why they have that perspective. And maybe they might even influence me, and maybe I might even influence them. But if I just want to do the jabbing, you know what I'm saying, everybody? Like, the jabbing is unhelpful. 
friends. It's so unhelpful. You know, one of the things that I love about Teshna and the whole Thomas family is they don't all think the same and they sit at the table and eat and sing and dance, right? And, and I, I just want to say, can we do that together? Can we actually say, I wonder what your thoughts are on this in my living room and not in a place where I make you the other so that we split ourselves like we've done in the Congress and all over the world. Like we need each other. We desperately need to hear one another. So who is the one that you are having the hardest time with? I I encourage you to just take that before God right here and say, God, I'm struggling with that one. I'm struggling understanding that one. I'm struggling with us not saying what we should think about that one. And just be honest with God, because God already knows. (laughs) And God would love to have an honest conversation with you. When I struggle, when I question in restless times, honest times, when I struggle and when I question in restless times, honest times, but they take me to a higher place, a place that's filled with you. Take me to a deeper place, a place that's filled with truth. That's when I see you, that's when I find you, that's when I can hear the words you say. That's when I see you, that's when I hear you, then and only then I find my way. Oh God, help us to find. the things people get concerned about is that if they ask questions, that means they don't have answers. And we all need answers, right? We all need to have a position. But what happens is when we have questions, we actually won't hearken to the voice of a stranger. You know how the scripture says, Jesus says, my people will hear my voice and not hearken to the voice of a stranger. And so when you ask questions, trust that you're actually, your curiosity is opening you to humility and hearing from God and other people that might help you see another way. So you can rest assured that this is true. You promise me, come on, you promise me I hear your voice and not hearken to the voice of a stranger. 
You promise me when you're my choice, you keep my life through danger. That's when I see you, that's when I find you, that's when I can hear the words you say. That's when I see you, that's when I just bring that one that was most difficult for you to even see up on the screen or another one that you actually know their name and say, that's hard for me, God. I don't know how to welcome that person. And then, God, we ask that we would love as you have loved us and live out the real command and not man-made religion and cultures and stories passed down that have been unhelpful in welcoming the stranger and welcoming the neighbor and welcoming the one. So will you stand with us? So together, God, you know us. You know where we're struggling. You know where we're questioning. Would you bring us to conversations? that can deepen our love, can raise our awareness, and can open us to the love that is the only weapon that works. Make us courageous to go places we've never gone before to talk to people and welcome them in as we've never known how. Let us do this messy conversation in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit who lives and reigns on the inside of us through the work of love that is not mushy, it's strong and able and following the God of love. And it is in the name, above every other name we pray, Jesus Christ.